Thank you for listening to or watching the Upland Down Under podcast. Tonight's show is recording live on Wednesday, the 1st of November at 7.30 p.m. AEST, which is 8.30 p.m. AEDT, November. Holy crap, this year has gone fast. Say that every year, but this year particularly is just insane. Speaking of going fast, make sure you get used to listening to 1x or 2x speed because we've got a fair bit of rambling on to do tonight. Speaking of which, on tonight's show, we'll catch up on some crypto and upland market news, of course. We've also got the October neighborhood ratings update. Swally's got his October treasure hunting update. We've got a new look upland website to have a look at. There's the Layer 2 Q4 roadmap update, celebrating Kalbosu meme for International Doge Day, Brazil Immersive Fashion Week, the Upland Crypto to Upex Pipeline has been severed, and a better late than never Halloween Flash Challenge. The main topic for this evening will be congratulating Monero on them securing the neighborhood collection status for October, taking a bit of a look at what they've got going on and using that as a springboard to reflect on where the general concept of nodes are at these days and where we might be headed. We've also got some additional Web3 and Meet Sudiverse news to cover, equips on Block Explorer Discovery Ranges for treasure hunting. I'm sure we'll be ping and swally for that one. And we've got the last of the Halloween Celebration Month Samurai Aquatics map assets to give away to both our live participants and our watchers slash listeners from last week. No UPX giveaways for at least the next couple of weeks because I smell a city expansion on the way and maybe one last... 2023 city release brewing, although Swally and I were just talking before we got kicked off and he doesn't think that's going to be the case, at least not a brand new city anyway. We'll have to wait and see. As we get closer and closer to the last Upland Down Under podcast for 2023, which will likely be Wednesday the 27th of December, uh, depends what I'm doing with the family, of course, I'm going to keep reminding you that if you haven't got yourself involved in any of the weekly contests we've run, well, you just might want to address that. If you've got no idea why I might be suggesting so, then go back and check out the last show of the 2022 on this channel, back when I was publishing as the Upland. No, what, what was it? The, oh, jeez, I forgot. What, what are we called? The Upland, not down under, Upland Development United podcast. My God, it's only been 12 shows and I forgot. All that and more, of course, on this, the Upland Down Under podcast. Now, if you're wondering how you can take part in the live recordings of this podcast, I drop the link to the Zoom every Wednesday night at about 7.15 p.m. AEST in the MBA server. So let's get into the Breaking Badly news and take a look at what's currently happening in some of the crypto and Upland markets. And then I've got a little article to touch on and have a look at as well. So I'm going to do this on here tonight. I'll move that over. Thank you again, Swally, for putting some of these numbers together for me. And I can't see the top again. What's the Bitcoin? You'll have to read that again for me, Swally. What's the dominance and the market cap? Please. Um, where am I looking? Right at the top. Uh, Bitcoin dominance is 52.8 this week, down 0.2 from last week. And oh, oh, now. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's a point four percent. I free you on the spot there. Yeah, I moved some stuff out the road. Some I change a few things in Zoom and share screen in a funny spot. And what do we got? Crypto market cap up one point six percent. So we're still trying to trying to get going here. It was one point two five trillion last week. We're up to one point two seven trillion this week. Bitcoin's still flirting around. They're jumping up. It's all over the place around the thirty four thousand mark. Um, Ethereum's the same one thousand eight hundred and three at the moment. 
Wax is up 13, 13.3%. Um, everything else a little bit. Solana's had a nice healthy boost there, up 17%, was $31.70 last week, up to $38.19 this week. Polygon's down a smidge, flows down a smidge. Tron's back up. And Gala's the other one that's had a bit of a pump, was 0.015 dollars last week, and we're at 0.018 this week. That's up 16.6. Fear and greed index is still pretty much in the greed. Was 71 last week, up to 72 this week. Upland 90 day average volumes, transaction volume down a tiny little bit. 0.1% trading volume it seems very consistent that down 1.3, 1.7, something like that. Uh, 1,800 unique active wallets for the seven days down 2.7%, still 51,690 though. And yes, the total unminted properties now that's all been fixed up. Um, so we had 2,541 properties minted through the week, which still leaves us with 92% mintage rate. Now, city markets, um, I didn't really, aside from grabbing the numbers from Swally and patching these in, I didn't really have a look at these in any detail myself. Was there anything that stood out there to you, Swally, as you were going through them? No, not, not a lot of change, really, to be fair. Let's have a look here. Not much happening in Arlington, Flat and Bakersfield, Berlin, I can't see because of stupid Zoom. Birmingham, down 8.6%, so back under 8,000 on the UPX. Uh, the Bronx is your worst bet for buying for UPX and selling for USD, but it's actually your best bet for buying for USD and selling for UPX. Um, what else? Lots of zeros. Oh, they're all the $3 ones, of course. And lots of red. Look at that. London down 9.4% on the USD. Was $17.50 last week, down to just under 16 this week. LA's up on the USD, though. It's off that $3 floor again. Uh, now $3.24. New Orleans down 16% on the USD. It's at the $3 floor now. And what else? Rutherford. There's definitely some action there, like we mentioned last week. Rutherford up 12.5% on the UPX and down 23.2% on the USD. We often see this where it might be a very good arbitrage opportunity for UPX to USD one week. And then that kind of the range there gets pushed too far and then it flips around and goes the other way, rides the other way, up and down, up and down. Santa Clara, wow, $12.50. Wowee. Um, I've been pushing the floor on the UPX pretty hard the last week and a bit for Santa Clara. Lots of good deals there at the moment. You can buy um, chode node properties in Santa Clara already built out for around that 36K mark, which is not that much over mint. Um, so, yeah, 37000 last week, 36 thousand UPX this week, but it's the USD that's taken a 20% hit. Was $15 last week down to $12.50 this week. Ouch. And Sao Paulo's not much happening there and not much happening anywhere else. A little bit of a boost in Tokyo, which is interesting. That's I mean that's that's where the the next expansion's gonna be, surely. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I will say one thing about this week is the issue that we talked about last week with DJ Shorts was not there today. So someone picked up those properties, lucky people. I don't think they got picked up. I think there was, now that he's jailed, I think there's some way that they just removed them from the data. But I'm looking at the app now. If you go to the if you go to the, the game and you scroll out and press the market button, his properties are still on the floor. So they're, they're kind of, they're there, but they're not there. 
The oh, Phantom of one. DJ Remains. Okay, strange. Yes, but what are we looking at in Tokyo? Pushing for the 30,000 on the UPX and back flirting around with the $12 mark. So, yeah, not a lot happening, but there's a fair bit happening in a few select markets. So that's what we got going for that. Oh, now I've got to do another screen share because I said we've got an um, interesting little article that popped up when we're talking about crypto market news and all that sort of stuff. Uh, where are we here? So the heading here is Gaming Tokens, Gala, Axie Infinity, and Acoin post huge gains. So this is talking about gaming, Web3 sort of stuff. Uh, Bitcoin Buzz is boosting the crypto market and gaming and metaverse tokens are among the biggest winners this week. So what do I care about this? Well, this is the kind of article that we want to see Upland being mentioned in when it comes to, you know, an official relationship with the crypto market via the Spark token proposal. So um, hopefully it's not too long and we'll start seeing Upland mentioned in the mix with these. Um, I don't think there's anything major to go get into here. We kind of mentioned Gala before, but it's if Bitcoin's moving, everything's moving. So there's not much there to be said other than, yeah, this is what we want to see. We want to see... Um, want to see upland in the mix there that would be quite nice all right now we're just we're only going to look at this briefly because kind of the as i said with monero taking out the october neighborhood ratings collection status we'll dive into that a bit more later but um we'll just take a look at it for shits and giggles if i can press the right Buttons. So yes, Monero, finally, after being so close last month, it has managed to secure the neighborhood collection status for October. Congratulations, everybody. Final figure appears to be 13.345. Midtown Terrace coming second, 13.268. And then Holliswood and Greenwich Village bringing up. Um, what do we think is going to happen in November? I think Greenwich Village is going to go screaming up the chart and probably likely to take that. Be interesting to see if where's Quailwood because I know they backed off for a minute. Uh, Rodrigo and the gang at Quailwood, they're currently in number eight, so they don't have that much more to move. And somebody else was making moves. I forget who that was. Somebody else was making moves, but they bailed out at the last minute. Oh, no, it was um, a whole bunch of people moved over to the Creedmoor node so it'll be interesting to see where everybody now that that's you know october's halloween's run its course everybody will start to merge out a bit more and go back to their home bases or look to form other temporary alliances it'll be interesting to see where they end up but yeah i fully expect greenwich village to take a big jump in the numbers but we'll wait and see so that's all i've got for kind of markety stuff over to you swally how'd you go in october with your treasure hunting grinding all right, give me a second, and I shall find my screen when I know what I'm doing. Oh, good one. All right, so that should come up now. You're going to read that in a fairly, in a fancy voice? Swally's <laughs> Treasure Hunting Monthly Report. Du, du, du. All right, so I thought I'll start this week with just a thought. Like, I've heard, and just watching different shows around Upland, just people say they like to treasure hunt until they find their one spark. They don't obviously not dedicate to treasure hunting, which is fine. Everyone can play the game how they like. I certainly wouldn't recommend everyone spends four plus hours a day hunting, but just got me thinking about people saying they 
keep hunting until they find that one treasure hunt, uh, treasure chest, uh, spark chest, spit it out. Um, and then that'll do them for the day. And sometimes they'll go days without getting one. And it just got me thinking that's not the right mindset to have when it comes to standard treasure hunting. What I mean by that is if your goal is to say get one spark chest on average every day, well then your goal should be to do 20 searches every day, not search until you find one treasure, uh, one spark chest. Mm. So, so basically what I'm saying there is like you figure out what your goal is. If it's to get one every day or one every second day. So like doing 10 a day would be like one every second day. So just figure out what your goal is and then focus on that. Focus on getting the 10 or 20 chests or searches a day done and the rest will take care of itself. So understanding that the that by doing ten or twenty a day, you'll get one or two chests every every second day, and um and you'll achieve your goal long term. Like you might go two or three days without getting a chest, but then you might have that day that'll get three chests. Long term always evens out back to twenty, and I'll show you that with my stats in a minute. So that's my unsolicited advice this week: is change that mindset. If you do want to get a little bit of spark, change the mindset from how many how long you search for to find a spark chest and just change it to the number of searches you do each day and then rely on the rely on the numbers to come through for you in the long term, which they always do. I'll, All just, right, so... I'll just interject and say, yeah, that makes perfect sense because if you're grinding to, oh, I'm going to keep going until I get a chest, well, you might be doing 60, 80 hunts and then you're just going to burn out and get jack of it. It's not unusual for me when I'm doing 80 to 100 in a day to get get into the mid-60s or even higher without getting a spark chest. It's been a while since I haven't had a single one, but I've mm. had days I've only got one with 80-plus searches. Mm. So, But like I said, long-term always evens back out to 20, so you have good days, bad days. If you just do 10 a day, which is probably the for someone that's not committed, it's less than an hour, you get all the minimum fee chests, and you'll get a spark chest every second day on average. Um. Anyway, so during the month of October, I searched or found 3,019 chests. So I will say that I did, I've thought about this a little bit and much to my missus' dismay, I've actually stepped up a little bit what I've been trying to achieve each month with a lot of other hunters, not a lot, but some other hunters pulling up stumps and having enough of it with all the nerfs and changes and stuff like that. So to me, there's a lot less people hunting, so therefore it's going to be less spark in the future. Combined with the news of the um, sparklet, it just makes me super bullish on spark long-term, not in the next 12 months, but long-term. So I just wanted to step up a little bit and probably start aiming for that 100-a-day type scenario, but we'll see how I go. A little bit shorter but this time, but time obviously plays a factor in that as well with work commitments and whatnot. So I was 97 on average a day for this month, but we'll see. So out of that 3,157 spark chest, so 19.2 chests for a spark chest, a little bit better than the average. So that was a nice result. So with a total of 3.14 spark for the month. So clearly worth doing. Yeah, that's so a nice, also, nice slice of pie there for you. Sorry. Yeah, it's my highest monthly results to date, but then I've also opened more chests. I mean, my highest average before that was 88, I think, a day which is what I did last month. So I did step it up a little bit this month with the number of chests I was doing. It's not about trying to get more spark chests, just opening more chests and the spark will come. So since I've started doing my stats, which I think just gone on 12 months now, I think October might've been the first month that I started it last year. I've re registered that I've done 27,000 searches, 
with a profit. So that's not the gross, but the profit from those searches is 4 million, just over 4 million UPEX, which is not bad, but obviously I'd go out and do my job and just buy UPEX and it'd be a lot easier. But in that 27,000, there's 1,350 spark chests, which is, I think, where, you know, that's what, to buy that, that's a hell of a lot more money than just buying a bit of UPEX. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's where I think it becomes worth it. And then potentially long-term, it definitely, I think it'll, that's why I keep doing it. So I think it will be worth it long-term. And my current spark balance, thanks to three and a bit this month, is 34 and a half, all up. So I'm going to keep, so i kind of got a goal of 100 by the end of 2025 but we'll see how I go with that um so my income for the month I told you last month I was just a little bit short of the million which was you know would have been a nice milestone I didn't realize I was even going for it last month until I tallied everything up so my property earnings is up thanks to a few big purchases why not Ben um treasure hunting's up again because I stepped up how many chests I'm opening so obviously open more chests you're going to get more rewards Played two games, down a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. But it did get over the million with one million and fifty-seven. So whilst I'm nowhere near as big as a chief executive, a million's kind of that target that a lot of chief executives try to reach each month, but through passive income, not so much working away four hours plus a day. So I was happy to hit the millions. Nice little um milestone. So that's me for the week. Congratulations, mate. That's as I said last time, some impressive numbers, and you've managed to imp- go even further. Insane. Yeah, I think it was always my goal for 80 because I just had that number in my head, 80 cents, 80 chests. That'd be a nice thing to get because early on, I was averaging like two and a half to three cents per chest when I first started recording it. And that's the advantage of recording. You see, you can track your progress, you can see the improvement, you can see the results you're getting, you can see the consistency of Spark Chess because. You, know, you tend to remember your bad days more than your good days. So when you can see the numbers and see that it does even out, you're like, okay, well, I'll stop stressing about it and just trust that the numbers you know, keep playing out. And if Upland does ever drop the ratio of spark chess, I'll pretty much know within the first month, I'd say. Mm, because you've got so much data. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of that, LeBan's asked in chat, uh, you said, cool stats, Wally. Did you get them the manual way or you pulled it from the chain? Um, I update my spreadsheet each, well, not necessarily every day, depending, but I pull them off the Discord channels. There's a couple of different Discord channels that'll help you track your stats. I try to do it every day, but not necessarily. You can go back through and just pull them out. Um, so you, you're not, I don't, you can get it off the chain, but that's a pain in the ass. So it's much easier just to get it off the Discord channel. And it literally takes 30 seconds. You just type your name in, up they come and pump in the numbers and... Yeah, and then just once once the month's over, they just tally all that up and put that in a month total and start the month again. So I don't keep those individual day for long term, but nice. And I did see yeah. there you you had a space there for Spark Rental and it's blank. What you're not renting any Spark? You're not looking to do any of that? I haven't rented Spark much lately. Um I have done a little bit in the past, but with the prices down so low, I'm not really interested anyway. I think it's more valuable to just build on your own properties but as you know i'm building a factory at the moment so yeah pretty much all my sparks in that so um that's only a couple of days away from being finished actually so it took about, took about a month or so to get it built um but yeah well i'm not really interested in renting spark if it's less than 10 upx per spark i'd rather just build my own properties and add value to my to my game for down the track 
So yes, I'm currently renting a big bag for way more than that. Shout out to Brabant, thank you for that. I put the call out because yeah, I'm putting some extra showrooms and stuff up. I had the idea that like I've got all these samurai aquatics and decor map assets um, sitting around like the low mint numbers. What am I going to do with all these mint numbers one to ten? You know, the thing is, do you do you sell them cheap? Do you hold on to them? So I had the idea. Well, how about we put together a specialist showroom? that only sells the low mint numbers. So I, I started putting up a, um, a showroom in Manhattan, actually. So I think that's going to – I've got a, a dual property there. So I'll probably have a, just a regular summer aquatic showroom and then I'll have the low mint numbers to go with it. So that's Like a first-class showroom or something. Yeah. Just Not a bad idea. So I can do something with them and it's always there if, if somebody wants to come along and get some collector's editions sort of things. So I think my next goal with the spark will be to put up a few properties in London. I don't have any there at the minute and Upland Kingdoms are talking about releasing there. So I won't do too much, but I've got a few properties there. So just so I can have a bit of a population layer too, but I don't have any long-term plans. Nice. All right. Did you see that Upland has come through and they've updated the website now? I was aware that there was some going backwards and forwards and this was on the way because some of the, I wouldn't call it research, but some of the clickety clacking I do to get prepared for this show. If you're mucking around in the Upland website, you can often find little links and things to different sorts of things that you might not have been first aware of. So I knew this was coming. It's cool to see it come to fruition. So a lot of the navigation has changed. Well, there's a fairly bit of janky stuff here. Um, and of course, it's going to reload. So we've got the Upland Contributor Network broadcasters page. Um, it's really good the way they've set it up. Um, we've got the new Upland Down Under podcast one. But a poor old um, Tan, the man with the Metaf Metaverse Street Journal, he's been lucked with the old, with the MVE logo for some reason. So someone from Upland fix that up for him. That's that's wrong. So I thought that was funny. And then. I'll dive back into this a bit later when we get to the segment, but it's really cool to see the section they've got here for neighborhoods and nodes. Um, a whole bunch of stuff here. And they've even got, uh, where was it? I saw before we got kicked off. There's some screenshots of some different nodes and this, that, and the other thing. But again, there's there's one screen. Well, actually, there's two screenshots here and it's wigging out because you have to be at 100%. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So it is, it is new. It is a bit janky. So there's one here. Yeah, that's the Bronx Dale. More cheeses knows, but that ain't the Bronx Dale. And the first node ever created, Midtown Terrace. That one, Midtown Terrace. So I don't know. There's a fair bit of work here to do yet upland. Um, but I, I think it looks good. I think it looks a lot more professional and the navigation's definitely a, a lot easier to work around. So good on upland for putting a bit of time, effort, and energy into updating things. This would be an area where Upland could help or get help from users to help update these places, these sort of pages on their website, instead of trying to get all the fine details right themselves. Yeah, well, it was interesting that node one that's wigging out there. That that's quotes. It looks like they've taken quotes from because there's one in there from Finsky about the Midtown Terrace one, and it might have been one of those flash challenges that they did, or it might have been a Twitter thing or something. And it's a clever way to do it to get the info but yeah there is if you click around and have a good look through there is um no shortage of errors and things that need to be fixed up 
I'm just thinking sort of like a Wikipedia style type setup where players can edit pages or, you know, add stuff in and then it gets verified by other users that it's true and correct and accurate and all that sort of stuff. And it would help Upland, I think, get better and more accurate information. Well, we had that with um, Thank Me Later. He started a big campaign to do the, it was entitled the Upland Wiki. It's still there. Um, it just never got enough love put into it and just kind of fizzled and died, which is a shame because I know I spent, I spent um, several hours there sitting, setting up all the stuff, Midtown Terrace and Nodes and UDU and all that sort of stuff. But it's just, um, it's just a, a case of one of those things where it's it's great to have an idea, but unless you put the work in and give it some love, they just slip slides away. Which actually brings me over to the next point. Well, the next thing to touch on is of course we had now this was interesting this kind of came out of the blue obviously if you were one of the person people that got interviewed it didn't come out of the blue but the layer 2 q4 roadmap update um this was interesting so they now initially i thought well there's some really glaring omissions from this there's some really obvious candidates that are nowhere to be heard from seen from but by all intents and purposes this is just the first of many that are going to come through um, because, yeah, there's some glaring emissions here, but, yeah, there was some updates from the UPX, Spark Exchange, um, UPX Land, uh, who else got some love, Uplandia and Upland Kingdoms, wasn't it? So, yeah, individual interviews with um, some of the members from the teams behind those projects. I think this is a cool, cool little addition. What do you think about that? Yeah, I watched all four of them and I quite enjoyed them, obviously, pretty well involved with most of them um so it was good to get a little bit bullish on some of the information and some of the stuff that was going forward i i mean the what x1 said was he, he was planning on continuing this and doing this every quarter mm. my only issue with that is i would like to think there's going to be more and more different layer two utility or programs or games or whatnot in the future and how many can he do like there's only going to be the cream of the crop after that or half a dozen sort of thing and that that uh, kind of speaks to my point like i was there's i'm not gonna throw names out there of course but there's several that i thought of immediately it was like wow that's is that um worrying that these other names aren't being thrown in the mix or is it just that this this quarter he's just focused on this four if i'd had to hazard a guess it's just that this quarter they're focused on those four so next quarter we might see you know it might be four other ones because otherwise, so. yeah, so do I. Otherwise, you know, there's, there's only so much they can cover. Yes. But, yeah, that was that was kind of my initial thoughts straight away as well. And what else is happening? So this is another one that kind of came out, out of the blue. I don't think anybody had this on their radar. And Doge and Upland kind of semi-partnership almost. So if you've been anywhere around in this area you would have no doubt been dragged there especially if you're with a local to go and visit the kind of what this is all enshrined to so this is happy birthday kabosu free own the doge nft so own the doge celebrates kabosu's birthday in upland calling all meme lovers from around the world save the date for november 2nd 2023 which is just around the corner the doge is hosting a unique celebration like no other they're throwing a one-of-a-kind Porty, 
to commemorate the 18th birthday of the most famous Shiva Inu of them all, Kabosu, the original Doge. This event aims to pay homage to the very first official International Doge Day. Okay. That, uh, so what are we going to actually do? Cafe events. Get ready to join us. Cafe events at MoFio AM or in the middle of the workday. No doubts. Below is the schedule of streams. 10 p.m. PT. Oh, no, there we go. 10 p.m. PT, 12 a.m. PT. 12 a.m. PT. Well, there you go. I take it all back. And another 12 a.m. PT. And we've got, um, what's that one? That's not Sandbox. What's that one? What's that logo from? What's the other one? I'm blanking on it. The M one. Decentraland. No, Decentraland. That's it. Yeah. So that's cool. You won't want to miss this opportunity to win a Block Explorer and celebrate Kawasa's birthday, how to enter. All you got to do is be in attendance in the cafe, the Doge Cafe. They have their very own cafe at 2714 Uceda Null, Sakura, Japan. Aha! So this is that new neighbourhood, is it? Sakura was that new neighbourhood that everyone was speculating. This is why. Interesting. Okay. Now, there was a bunch of cafe events run for Halloween, and Swally, before we got kicked off, you were kind of mentioning some of the challenges that you were having with that, and that's within our what is still a very tiny Upland community. Can you speak to some of those dramas? I The more cheese, you mean? The more cheese show earlier today? Yeah, wasn't it? More cheese did one. Um, Goldie did one. Yeah, I didn't jump in on Goldie's one. That was a bit later. More cheese this morning, our time. Um, yeah, so I jumped. I was doing something else, and the message popped up that she was her show was starting. So I was like, oh, I'll tune in. I tuned in on YouTube, as I always do, which I throw to the TV. Mm. But they're talking about, obviously, the competition with going to the cafe. So on my mobile, I jumped in the cafe, and I got kicked out, I think, three times in the space of about two minutes. So I just gave up. Just gave up, so yeah. Don't know if it's a mobile problem or, or what, but. Well, that's frustrating. Now, I was just going to try and. Oh, it's not going to let me scroll out. I hate how you can't do that. Like you, you click on an address in Upland and then it won't let you scroll back. Like you have to physically leave the screen and then research it. For a week, they took that out. So if you zoomed in on a place after clicking a link, it stayed there. And then all of a sudden it was gone again. It was only like for a week it was like that. And people have been complaining about it, saying they wanted it. They did it and then they took it away. Why would they do that? No idea. So there it is there, the Doge Cafe. And maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe it's in the area. But I'm sure Sakura, that was the area that everyone was speculating on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was along the along the river. Yeah, there you go. So that explains that. Interesting. So that's in relation to Tokyo itself is down over here somewhere. Huh. Well, could that be the clue there? Is this going to be the expansion? It certainly looks like it. More ammunition for the uh, argument, isn't it? Absolutely. Because that's the only thing now. Only thing there now. So that's not Tokyo. Is that a train ride over to it? There's a railway uh, station right next to it, wasn't there? We, yeah, we talked about this last week or whenever we discussed this. Um, it's not Tokyo official, but it's in it's within the greater Tokyo area. So you would think... Is it going to be a bit like a New York-style release with different 
hoods or what do you call it? Different. Um... Uh, what? Yeah, what is that word? <laughs> I'm blanking at the minute. Yeah, me too. Burrows. Burrows, yeah. So maybe they're doing that because that. Did I did see a railway station? There you go. I? Look there. There's a railway station there. Yeah. So that suggests to me that you might have to fly to Tokyo and then train across to there. Yeah, so you're probably getting a train from the existing uh, Shibuya, getting a train over here, and then you can airdrop over there. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. An entirely new city release, maybe. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. But that's it's not very big. My gosh, that would disappear fast. Well, that's only the suburb they're showing at the moment. They'll probably that's show only one neighborhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Huh. And that's in Sakura City. So interesting. All right. Maybe it's well, a slightly cheaper one. <laughs> well, it's on the outskirts, so you would think so, but yeah. um, you never, never know. So, what were we talking about? Ah, oh, the Kabosu thing. So, yeah, the cafe situation. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's good to see they're mixing up the the times there. Oh, and that's the other thing I was gonna I was gonna bring up. Sorry, I forgot I had this. Uh, yes, that one. So there's there's I when I did some clickety clacking, there's actually several articles being put out about this. There was yeah, like I say, six or seven articles. I just picked this one. So this is from NFT Plazas. Dot com, and this goes into details about it. You know, it says what Upland is, you know, and what this other thing is, and this is what we want to see. We want to see more mainstream information out there about Upland. So I went over to to Twitter. That's always I keep saying that's always a good spot to get extra information on stuff. And here it is from the mouth himself of the dog, own the Doge or herself own the Doge. Uh, we have partnered with Upland Me to bring Doge Day celebrations to the metaverse. A Doge Cafe has been built for eternity on the exact virtual location as the in real life bronze statue. Here are ways to participate and win free NFTs. And there's a link there and stuff. So that's kind of cool to see. Now, why that might be so cool? Well, Own the Doge has a community of 29,600 followers. So that's pretty cool. Uh, like we said in the last last show, it all seems to be heading in a nice little direction. Let me click out of those. I don't know, Lily, um, if you're still around, is any of that sort of stuff been on your radar with the cat in and with the cat <laughs> with the chat in the cafes and whatnot this week? No, nobody has mentioned that at all. Hmm. That seems bizarre because it seems jumps out straight away. So save your bickies because I, I would assume that's going to be here sooner rather than later. If that's coming, what do they say, November 2nd, which is tomorrow, our time. Um, probably in. I mean, a couple, and, sorry. So right? A couple of weeks ago, everybody was right into it and they were going, that's where we're going, that's where we're going. Mm. It's kind of dropped off. They're just saying generally Tokyo somewhere. Mm. Yeah, there was people saying, oh, it's a flower festival and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but yeah, clearly here's here's the reason why that's shown up on the map. Um, there's a train station there, so it just having like a it. thought out loud. Those streaming times, the times you need to be in the cafe, is that Tokyo friendly times? 
12 a.m. PT would be evening our time, which Japan's one hour ahead of us. Um, yeah, I think it'd be like in the evening our time. I'm just wondering if there's a bit of a push from Upland into Japan because they said the initial release wasn't for Japan. It was for existing players, yep. which makes sense because it was so expensive. I'm wondering if they are doing a bit of a push in Japan and the next release, which will be a cheaper borough of Tokyo. Award, oh, yep. That's what the word yeah, is. Ward. Yeah, Ward. Um, oh, this is me thinking out loud. Maybe that's their angle. Yeah, hopefully so because um, – a lot of us in the community were scratching heads like, why are we releasing this and there's no push within the actual Japanese community? So, yeah, absolutely. We'll what, if they do release a new borough on board, we'll see what time that release is. If it's 2 a.m. PT or whatever it is, whatever it, 2 a.m. for us. Yeah. Well, what this, uh, the, the next thing we're going to talk about is kind of hinting that that might be all of this whining and whinging over the years. Maybe it might be going to change. Hang off. <laughs> Wait and see. But yeah, that'd be very exciting to see that come come through. Now, Upland typically with those sorts of announcements, they tend to drop those. It's usually Friday our time, Thursday their time. So I guess we might we we might know by the end of this week, hopefully. So whatever it is, start saving your biscuits. And Swally and I were talking about this before we got kicked off too. Um, when I was expecting that we're going to have a Tokyo expansion plus maybe another city, um, history shows us that before we get to the end of year kind of Christmassy sort of sales, there's usually a couple more milking events that go on. And Swally was saying that it's a little bit different this year because we've got totems and stock car pros and we're already getting milked for all we're worth. But just when you think you can't squeeze out another drop, you <laughs> see. Who knows what could happen? So, yes. What, what am I talking about? The different time zones? Well, we have one more um, community event coming up, which is the Brazil Immersive Fashion Week and Wide Conference has partnered with Upland for a new Web3 engagement experience. Uplanders get ready to step into the fascinating realm of fashion where Brazil's rich cultural tapestry meets cutting-edge designs and innovations, yada, yada, yada. So look at this. Look at the time on this. Wednesday, November 1st at 5 a.m. PT. So that that must be done to coincide with um, Brazil time, surely. Was that about midnight for us, is it? I got no idea. In two hours. Two hours, yeah. There you go. So 10 p.m. But that's this. When did this get posted? I, I only saw this. I think I saw this this morning. Yeah, October 31st, this announcement gets dropped for an event that's happening the day after. Like, come on, Upland, where's your planning? This seems crazy, doesn't it? Now, I am shocking at dates and times. I always fluff those up, but that's right. October 31st, the announcement dropped, and then this is happening literally in two hours. Or is this happening? Is Wednesday, November first, five AM PT? Is that tomorrow our time, ten PM? Well, no, because it's now three three AM PT in the 31st. states. Thirty first, yeah, on the first, because we're about to cross over into the second. That's so. right. Yeah, I screw that up every single time. Does my heading. 
I think you've saved me on more than one occasion with that too, Lily. So thank you very much. So yeah, this, isn't that bizarre though that like they drop it and then it's happening the day after? Yeah, that's almost the plane time to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's there's really no excuse for that unless it's something that's just kind of popped off and at the last minute. But we ha we see this happen so many times with whether it be Halloween and there's another one, classic one coming up here. There's Halloween events, Christmas events, it's or even some of these uh, master builders contests or previously where we've done uh, decoration competitions. It's It seems like nothing gets organised for some of these big Christmas, Halloween, Halloween. Um, what's some other big ones? St. Patrick's Day and all of that sort of stuff. Nothing gets organised and then the, it's like somebody at the last minute remembers, oh, shit, we got to do something for this and they just throw something out there. I'm like, can't we get some forward planning and get some really immersive experiences? I, I would have to say on a personal level that this Halloween just sucked. Hardcore sucked. Um, it might be different if you were able to take part in some of those cafe events. Maybe that was, maybe your experiences was a bit better, but I still maintain that the first Halloween they did in 2020 was way better. And it just seems to be getting worse and worse every year. It's like, well, where was the where was the dress up the neighborhood and the parade and maybe that because the 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 game can't handle it they're just not doing it but I don't know there's there's no real competitions like previously in previous years we've submitted videos that we've made we've taken photos out in the streets we've done this and that and it's just pathetic really pathetic the community's gotten bigger and bigger and more engaged we want to get more stuff happening. And everything just seemed still just real last minute, half assed. Um, not good enough, Upland. Not good enough. You're getting a little smack. Do better. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems, especially, especially Halloween and Christmas, there's no excuse for that. You know it's coming up. Plan it six months in advance. Hell, like Swally said, get invested with the community. Reach out. Say, what do you guys want to do? What do you want to do for Halloween? What do you want to do for Christmas? Get some community feedback. Get some stuff organised. The hell, the, the community is full of incredibly talented people that could, like um, Uplando's previously organised tours and done tours for, you know, this, that and the other thing. Um, lean into your community. So, yes, very, very, personally, very, very, very disappointed Upland. Anyway, that's my rant. I said I was going to go on a few rants tonight. That's That's one of them. Thoughts, opinions? I was going to say they do have that event calendar which they never use yeah. time to start using it i think even if you pencil stuff in as a reminder of something if nothing else well how do you not know that freaking halloween and christmas is coming up and you don't plan for it and put some time effort and energy into it when i first started i was on that events page all the time trying to check out what was coming up and because i didn't know what i was doing what i was looking at all the different things that were going on i was trying to learn and then i very quickly worked out that that was a waste of time that events page it had the the twitter show with Dan there every week and that was about it. Mm. And it's very sad they moved it from the UI to a folder that you have to go and find. It was much better when it was right there in your face. Yes. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. Maybe I'm just being a whiny old prick but yeah, it just seems really... And part of it, of course, is that I've I've got um, 
my undies in a twist about the whole crate system and not being able to decorate mid-ten terrace, a big pain in the ass. Yeah, so that's part of it. But still, it, it just didn't seem to be much much real buzz in the community. Like most of the stuff that, that seemed fun and engaging was coming from like the, the Creedmoor event and the the spectacular race and the things that they were doing. It was all it was all 100% community driven. Is it because Upland's pushing for that layer two kind of stuff more and more and more? I'm like, yeah, that's all great and all, but there's a very significant percentage of the community that doesn't get involved in that stuff. So I don't know. I better stop ranting and raving. I'll get myself in trouble digging a hole. So that was that one. But yeah, good to see him switching the times around at least. that That's at least a positive change. Um, more of that, please. That would be great to see. Um, even some of these cafe events and that, um, be nice to see them mix that, mix that up a bit as well. So now I mentioned one of the things that we we're going to touch on tonight was the crypto to UPX pipeline has been removed. Now this popped up in general, I don't know, it was a couple of nights ago and I went and clicked myself because I thought it was just one of those classic cases where somebody was trying to do it on the mobile app or they didn't really, really understand what they were doing, but I did get my lappy out and logged on and yes lo and behold the ability to buy upx with crypto has just quietly and suddenly disappeared so i raised the question in the ucn channel on the last what's going on here um is that a permanent thing is it a is it a temporary thing because if it is a permanent thing like that should be communicated um especially as you know right now crypto is starting to move so anybody who's made some crypto profits might be looking to push those around well you currently you don't have that ability so x1 was good he he um replied replied pretty much straight away and had basically said uh it's just temporary it's going to take a while to get back up and they're currently working with different providers to get it back up so maybe there was an issue with i believe you trust was the original original platform they were using to do that and all of the significant amounts that I've put in to Upland have been through that pipeline. So yeah, to, to see that removed was disappointing, especially when Sparklet is, you know, we're heading to get into the crypto space. So hopefully they can get that sorted out. But again, why don't they communicate these things? No, that's it's, it's not a small change to just suddenly remove one of the the payment in abilities like just just put an announcement out there say hey um we're currently looking for or is it in changelog leban said changelog yeah but who looks at bloody changelog oh no it wasn't in changelog oh there you go that's removing that is definitely a an announcement worthy event because especially when there's no timeline on when it's going to be fixed so i don't know i'm ranting and raving again we shall move on. Halloween Flash Challenge. Oh, no. we got some more ranting and raving to do. So, yes, we did have a Halloween Flash Challenge pop up again. Now, we had a few of these. Um, we did have a few Halloween Flash Challenges, right? I seem to recall there was the one where I did one where you had to go into the cafe and you had to post a selfie in your outfit. Um, we have had some stuff with the different cafe events, but as far as, like, actual official ones kind of weird to see this all get thrown in at the last minute and look at the the timestamp that i it gets popped up for me november 1st 
<laughs> so it dropped today. Halloween Flash Challenge. Happy spooky time, friends. Here's your chance to take part in our version of a Metaverse trick-or-treat. Show us your haunted decorated property and get a treat from us. Here's how it works. Take a screenshot of your haunted property and then post it in the Flash Challenge. Yada, 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 name, blah, blah, blah. You could win 13,000 UPEX. Submissions close Wednesday, November 1st at noon PT. So it was just a very quick one, I guess. But why wouldn't it be before Halloween? Why wouldn't it be this is the Flash Challenge that starts on the 30th of October and submissions close on the 31st of October? I'm not disagreeing with you. Maybe they were trying to reward players that are doing it proactively rather than reactively. Yeah, maybe. It just, I mean, there's so many good communities out there. Like, think about what Portage Park has done in years previous. <laughs> I won't read that out, LeBan. But yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, how, how do you not know that these things are coming up? How do you not plan ahead and have significant engaging things? That's the mind boggles. It just truly boggles. Uh, anyhow, that's enough ranting and raving and negativity. We're going to move on to the main topic for the show now. If you're wondering what my background is behind me, well, that is, of course, the one and only Monero. Congratulations again. Monero has secured the October Neighbourhood Development Collection um, this morning. It was very late notice, but I reached out to Ustag from Monero and asked him if he wanted to make uh, some comments or put some thoughts forward or anything like that. And I'll just read out what he said. IDA, the International Development Association, is a collective of people and players from around the world. We, meaning they, welcome everyone, no matter your net worth, language, nationality, or anything. Working together as a community, we have opened 22 MetaVentures, one map asset factory, and one developer workshop. In addition, we have completed near 90% of Monero and earned collection status with loads of effort and teamwork. We would like to say thank you to everyone who has helped us along the way and to look forward to for more to come. And I did pester him as well to get me a nice image for the um, thumbnail that we'll be using for this particular episode again. But yeah, I mean, if you're listening on the Spotify, you'll just have to use your imaginations and if, check it out yourself. Go and check out Monero. But it just looks absolutely fantastic. It's funny to... Um, one of the images he sent me, um, and I told him, no, that's boring. I want a different one. He just showed the neighborhood outline, and it looks like a big, um, remind me of Christmas time, big uh, ham bone. looks like a big ham bone leg, but you can kind of see the shape there. But, yeah, the coordination at play here with the color scheme and all of the different metaventures, this just looks, it looks incredible, looks really good. Well done to Monero and all the team over there. Um, I do know that they kind of got... Not shafted because um, the other team, of course, St. James did a fantastic job last month as well, but very good to see all of the hard work, effort and everything that's gone into Monero on the back end come to fruition and to nab that neighbourhood collection. Hopefully Midtown Terrace can join you at some stage soon. Uh, we're not really doing any sort of push to make that happen, but we'll wait and see. I don't know. Anybody in the chat want to have a shout out to Monero? Congratulations. What do you want to say? I'll start. I'll three points I've got. One... Absolutely amazing. It looks fantastic. What I can see behind you is you know, as good as I've seen anywhere in Upland. Two, I'm still bummed, as I said before we started, that I sold properties in Monero after the Mint. That's back in the days when I needed to flip properties to keep 
Upex rolling and liquidity for other stuff. So these days I don't worry about it so much. But yeah, a bit bummed that I had about probably 10, 12 properties there and flipped them all. And three, that looks like a treasure hunter's nightmare of all those <laughs> shops trying to not click on the names while you're trying to land on a on a chest. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Anybody else want to give Monero some love? Yeah, they've put a lot of work into that, and you can tell, and it's so pretty to look at, despite the colours. <laughs> That's not their fault. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The non-poppy colours. Well. Yes. No, it looks, re it looks really, really good, and it's kind of – it's just a beacon of what can be done when, you know, even a small group – players can get together and, you know, have a plan. I mean, look look at the amount of meta ventures there. It's just freaking insane. So, yeah, really good stuff. Um, now, Monero, they're, they're not one of the – how do I say this? I guess they're probably like a wave – almost like a wave three node project. Um, the wave ones, of course, that's – you're going back to the Upland Development United early days there and a lot of the projects that were associated at the time, um, singular neighbourhoods like uh, Little Italy, um, what else, Alamo Square, Dogpatch, Panhandle, Merced Manor, all of those kind of old-school San Francisco ones. That was kind of the first wave of this kind of um, working together process. And then we had a second wave, which was um, – oh, what are they called? They had the GOAT logo. My gosh, my brain won't work tonight. Um, they had several different node projects all over the place. Um, why can't my brain work? Anyway, but yeah, they, they've since folded. There's not much happening with those guys. There's a, a whole bunch have come and gone. Um, Rio's not really that old of a, a city. That's why I say it's kind of a, a second or a third wave projects. And then we've had other new waves come through, such as St. James and that sort of stuff. But then there's other ones as well, like um, Howard Beach is a classic example. Um, I did see this pop up. I'll bring this up because it, it just looks amazing. If I can find where I put it, or I did close it down. Uh, let me find that. Now, I don't know, Swally, you're talking about some, um, uh, what were you talking about? The difficulties of treasure hunting and well-developed neighbours, neighbourhoods. Maybe you could speak to that while I try and find this image that I've suddenly lost. Oh, it's not so much well-developed. It's just when there's a lot of meta-ventures like that, the words don't, the writing and the names of the places don't shrink or anything like that. So when you're trying to click on them, especially that group to the your left shoulder, to the right of our screen, if you had to land on one of those properties, you'd have to zoom right in and avoid all the writing so you didn't end up just going shopping instead of landing on your chest. So competitive would be a real nightmare. It's standard, you've got a bit more time, so it's not a huge issue. But yeah, just something to be mindful when you're treasure hunting. You don't want to click on those because it'll waste a few seconds. Yeah, I, I can't find the image. I must have deleted it or something. I was going to pull up. Um, there's an image going around of Howard Beach is another one that's they've reached collection status as well. But there's um, in some of the promotional materials they put out, it has um, a really good graphic that lists all of the different MetaVentures they have. And they've got like some crazy amount of MetaVentures and it looks really good how they've set that all out. And, you know, they're the team behind uh, some of the really awesome tools that you can use to look up your properties and your different assets in this if you want to look at prices and whatnot. So, yeah, I think um, what some of these newer 
node projects, if you want to call them neighborhood projects, um, what they're doing is kind of really inspirational, even to us old schoolers who've been around since the very early days in the very beginning. So yeah, well done to all of those. Now, going back to Monero, just thought it'd be interesting to have a look at, well, what's the actual, you now you're saying you sold out of Monero. Well, what's it take to buy back into Monero at current rates? Well, we'll look over here at Upex land and I did this before. Not too bad. 50 USD can buy you, well, what do you need for a set? You need 60, yeah, 105. Yeah. So you need a, a fair few dollars there to be able to get a set. And But they're all built ones. So it's interesting that um, three, the three lowest or the cheapest properties on the floor, they're all built. Well, actually, the first, what's that? One, two, three, four, the first five properties are all built out there. And then it jumps up the UPX price. The floor there is eighty thousand. So yeah, she's she's a bit expensive to get in on the back end, but still not atrocious considering. Eighty thousand to see that markup. The markup's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't shop by floor price. I shop by markup. Yeah, mint value one thousand seven hundred seventy-one. Last sale price one hundred and ten thousand. So yeah, so. Now, there was one more thing I wanted to check here. It was not for sale. I was just going to check. Um, I think Monero is probably in the same same battle now with uh, Midtown Terrace where we just run out of stuff that we can actually do. Uh, structure and progress. Let's see if they've got any in progress. Da -da -da -da. One in progress. Yeah, only one in progress. So I believe Ustag mentioned that their building percentage rate is over 90% now. I think Midtown Terrace will be very close to that, if not the same. Um, we'd love to build out that little bit extra, but it's just impossible. So, And the band said, geez, what a markup. Yeah, absolutely. But have a look at what you're buying. You're not buying some random this – is, this is kind of the point I was kind of very badly trying to put out there um, – it's very easy to come up with these things. Oh, yeah, we're going to do a node. We're going to do this, that, and the other thing. And UDU's no, no um, shining example of that because, you know, we famously came out the gate and put all this stuff together. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've done has just kind of fizzled and faded away as well. Um, but, yeah, when you look at that, you've got, you just got to think the amount of, coordination, time, effort, energy that's going in there. You're not buying some backward bloody project where somebody said, that, yeah, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Well, it's already done. It's already there. It's good to go. So, yeah, I think it's really cool. Thoughts on that? The I guess what I'm trying to say is that kind of with that layer two stuff as well, it's, it's very easy to have ideas. Ideas are – almost worthless because anybody can have an idea. It takes a lot of time, effort, ability to deal with drama and setbacks and, you know, changes in availability and whatnot. It takes a lot of ongoing effort to, to pull something like what's in the background of me, to pull that together. That's really incredible. Just shows that it can be done though. So well done, Monero, Ustag, and everybody involved in what's happening over there. Um, I do wonder, though, if 
I was going to say, I do wonder if those days are gone, but then you've got projects like St. James that have just come out recently and done awesome things too, so perhaps not. Um, but then probably Swali's point there, what he mentioned there, that's a good point to stick to too. Um, with new city releases, if you're not somebody who's heavily engaged in the community and you don't know the general vibe of what's happening, like Monero, that was a, that was a clearly defined target at the Rio release, whereas, you know, a uh, community went in and bought it all up and then aggressively bought up the secondary market. Um, Swally wasn't privy to that, so he sold out at the time. Um, so you, you got to weigh those, you got to weigh up those pros and cons if you are, if you are minting in a new city too, because you just never know what's going to be a project. Um, it can be tricky. I mean, what did you say now, Swally? If you mint a if you mint in a new city, you just let it sit there for a week or two after collection reveal or something. Well, my game plan mostly is to try and target collections or what people think will be collections, and if I can sell something for a good profit, happy days. Yep. But once the collections are revealed, if I've got some happy days, if not, I might try and fill one if I haven't if they're a good value or something like that. But after that, because I'm not so much in the need to now get the liquidity because I've get some decent income through properties and treasure hunting. Back in those days with Rio, it was my first internet. It was only my second release, I think. I think mm. Las Vegas was my first. I think Rio came after that. I don't think there was anything in between. So I was still need needing to try and flip stuff so I had liquidity for the next thing. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't even up to a thousand upex a day income, let alone treasure hunting. So I don't regret it. I needed to do it at the time. I think I sold them all for like 150% profit. So it's nothing to be sneezed at when you think about Upland in general. Yep. Um, obviously, I regret it a little bit, not, not even hanging on to a few, but now I just keep everything. And then if, yeah, I see what happens in the future, but hopefully I snag a few collections here and there or nodes here and there on top of it. But I refuse... This is just my personal opinion. I refuse to buy into the nodes because I'm all about trying to get the value for money. As you saw from my chart with that green line, I really try and keep to my rule of just buying at the right price. So if I miss out on something like Monero, I've missed out on Monero. It's sad. I would love to have three properties, but I'm not spending $150 and buying three properties in Monero when you can better spend that elsewhere in the game. Yes. Um, I guess it's... It might be a good example of the old crypto saying, you know, never all out, never all in sort of thing. Um, if if you do have the ability, like say you just happen to mint seven properties in one particular neighborhood at a city release, maybe you might look to flip one or two of those, you know, at a decent markup to get your money back from the collection reveal. Um, hold on to a couple to see what happens at collection reveal. If nothing's going at collection reveal, then maybe hold on to them and see what's happening in the community. Yeah. There's loads of different ways that you can play that out just depending on where you're at with your particular risk level, your interest level, your FOMO level, however you, however you want to say it. That's what I pretty much do now with the suspections, uh, you know, collection suspension. If a certain sub is suspected it, I'll try and sell it before the release for that, but keeping three for myself in case it is, and if it's not, you know, nothing lost. So, you know, listen, again, I don't regret it. at the time I needed to sell stuff because I just didn't have the income that I do now. Yeah. So, it, it, lesson learned, and it's, I don't know that I'll make the same mistake moving forward, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. Now, I, I found that bloody picture I was looking for. I was looking in my 
PodPick folders. I was looking everywhere, but I already had it pulled up on the on the internet. So there you go. Here's this image here. How good does that look? The Howard Beach Business Hub. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine block explorer shops, two car shops, four NFL PAs, variety legits, ornaments, map assets, football, all color coordinated. I don't know. That looks really cool to me. I like. All right. So moving on to some wider Web3 news now. There's a couple of good ones here. Um, this is an Australian one. I pulled this one up because, you know, we are the Upland Down Under podcast. So we might as well focus on some at-home stuff. So the Metaverse is Tennis Australia's ace for continuous Australian open engagement. So there you go. Look at that. Tennis Australia getting involved in the Metaverse. A pioneer of digital innovation, Tennis Australia has grand plans for everything Metaverse and Web3 with the Australian Open. Uh, What are they actually going to do? But through immersive experiences in virtual worlds from Decentraland to Roblox, Tennis Australia is taking the Australian Open to untapped demographics and smashing engagement targets. So that's that's clever. They're going for Roblox for the kiddies and Decentraland for the older ones. Um, Again, we'll say it again, the... The daily active users or the engaged stats for Decentraland are just laughable. Um, it's one of the prime examples why we need to get Upland's name out there. We need to get it out and happening. How good would it be to have, you know, the Australian city release and we have all of these things in Upland for the Australian Open? Yes, please. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. I'm not going to dive into it again. I just like that. This is where it's all headed. I keep saying it, but this is where it's all headed. So, yeah, it says there, engage the youth in Roblox. And then, of course, as I said, um, Decentraland with the other stuff. So that's one thing. The next on the radar is how about this for a heading? Does that um, tickle your fancy? Saudi Arabia to invest $50 million into metaverse firm Animoca. Why do we care? Because Animoca is one of the, the big um, supporters of Upland. One of the big backers, we talked about this, was it? Yeah, it was last week. Um, they've put in another bunch of cash towards Upland as well. So, I don't know. Saudi Arabia, there's always some tricky vibes to navigate that whole thing. But, again, it's more money heading into different places that will hopefully filter out and find a home in the wider space that we're all involved in. I don't know. Thoughts, concerns on that one? Bit of a delicate one, that one. There are. Saudi Arabia's just splashing money around left, right, and center for all sorts of different sporting codes and different events. Um, They really seem to be trying to lean into making themselves a hub of investment, whether it be Web3 stuff, sporting stuff. So that's a lot of money. And then we've got one more here, which is, of, is again, I believe, Animaker related. Oh, no, what have I been? Spammed some other thing. Oh, no, here we go. Scroll down. Web3 Gaming Investments Undergo Transformation, says Animaker Brands CEO. Now, I had a very brief look at this, and there's some interesting points in here. The landscape of Web3 Gaming Investments is undergoing a transformation, as revealed by Rob, Robbie Jung, the chief, the CEO of Animaker Brands. Jung, who also played a significant role in the inception of the well-regarded metaverse platform, The Sandbox, Shared his thoughts during his recent appearance at the European Blockchain Convention in Barcelona. Um, 
where is his quote? Ah, here. Young emphasized the evolving standards for potential investments in the world of Web3 gaming. With the cryptocurrency market experience a downturn, investors have naturally become more selective, which is a good thing. He indicated that there's a notable inclination towards teams, here we go, that are not just passionate, but importantly, also possess unique skill sets. These teams are the ones crafting products with undeniable potential in the marketplace. Um, that smells like Upland to me. Shedding light on Animeca's brand investment approach, Jung mentioned that the company is now looking at projects that are in a further stage of development than before. Yeah, so they're not looking to invest in ideas. They're looking to invest in things that are, are up and running. Maybe it's you know an MVP, minimal viable product or anything like that. The bar has been raised with investors seeking evidence of tangible progress before they decide to invest. Well, does it get more tangible in the space than Upland? I don't think it does. Upland has what many of these other metaverse platforms would die to have. Upland has a very healthy, highly engaged community, um, well-established, stable economy to date, um, fairly stable at least. So, I don't know. This all smells very good to me. It's just a shame. Like, Animaker's in with Upland. Why is it not mentioned here? Um, maybe because I didn't read any further than that. One of the pressing concerns Jung touched upon was the issue of user acquisition. Here we go. User acquisition in the Web3 gaming sector. Well, we've already got that with Upland. He believes that the distribution of these games faces obstacles, primarily due to reluctance from conventional gaming platforms. Blah, 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 blah. Concerns mainly revolve around it possibly disrupting the established business models, blah, blah, blah. Concluding his insights, Jung expressed that bigger names in gaming such as Steam, EA, and Epic Games might be missing out. Their current reservations prevent them from delving deeper into the potentials of Web3 and engaging in meaningful dialogues with its community. I don't know about you, but that this kind of article makes me super excited. We just need that, we just need that little bit of mainstream push to finally get upland on people's radars. That's my two cents. Anybody want to throw theirs in? Just get you excited, that news? No? Shaking heads? I'm just looking forward to the day when you can say Upland and somebody else will know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it's got to happen, surely. It's got, it's got to. There has to be – there's got to be a tipping point. Has to be. God, I hope so. Has to be. We, we don't want to be here at the end of, you know, here we are at the end of next year saying the same thing. Well, it's, just, it's just around the corner. Come on. It's just around the corner. I don't know. Swally, you're awfully quiet. Anybody else in chat? What do you think? It's the same argument. It's the the day we start getting mentioned at the same time as Sandbox and Decentraland, which gets thrown up every time something's mentioned about Metaverse and Upland's never there to be seen. Maybe it is Sparklet that starts that or changes that, but all of these things can't hurt. The Doge one could be huge too, especially if Doge gets implemented into Twitter or X. Um, who knows where that goes? If Elon Musk starts tweeting about Upland. <laughs> yeah, well, he was just on Joe Rogan. I've only caught half of that episode so far myself. So, yes, it's just one little thing like that. Um, yeah, it could completely change 
could completely change everything. Uh, Broski said in chat, we will eventually get there. You can do it. Yes. I think I can. I think I can. So, yes. I like where it's all headed. I like that the there's so much investment being bandied around. Crypto's moving in the right space. Um, it appears that the regulation for crypto is moving in the right space. Um, it's just all smelling, smelling very fresh and clean. So that's all I've got for the Web3. We'll try and race through some Meet Suitiverse news. I just pulled up a few randos this week. I didn't put much thought into this, although the first one's a bit of a doozy. It's a bit funny. So this is Australian news, Meet Suitiverse news. Australian woman calls out Airbnb on AI detection. So this one's a little bit greasy. So what happened here? An Australian woman with South Asian heritage has exposed a major flaw with Airbnb's use of AI after she was left unable to access the service. Sydney woman Francesca Diaz told her story on ABC, blah, 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 revealing she was left unable to make her own account due to an issue with the app's AI. Um, she had to ask her Caucasian partner to do it, and he was able to... Well, I assume he, but maybe it was a she. To, whoever the partner was, was able to make the account with ease. Um, so, yes, because this person is not of Caucasian complexion or whatever, the AI wasn't going to recognize her facial features and she couldn't make an account. So the article does go on to say that a lot of the reason is because a lot of these big, massive AI systems have been built and you know developed very much from the caucasian perspective shall we say so um like that's got to be frustrating if you're somebody mucking around with an airbnb imagine being in that sort of situation you got to hand your phone over to your boyfriend or your girlfriend so they can do it for you not very good anywho moving on new zealand it's not going to load. So we'll skip ahead to Japan. So this was interesting. We covered this a few articles back where um, everyone in Tokyo was getting warned, don't come to Shibuya with your Halloween costumes. Um, apparently, everything went off without any major dramas. So there was no repeat of what happened in Seoul where I think, what does it say in here, 150 people got crushed to death or something. Something madness. So, yes, apparently there was no major dramas at all. Um, shout out to Desjack at the moment. She's out there in Japan. Um, she almost made my wife have a, had a heart attack the other night. We were DMing and she asked me for some tips on what to do or see or eat over there. And I mentioned um, you gotta you got to get yourself some Hiroshimayaki. If you're familiar with Okinomiyaki, well, Hiroshimayaki is the Hiroshima version. And that's one of my wife's favorite dishes. And within minutes, Desjack had sent me a photo. She's like, oh, you mean this? And it was that. And I showed showed my wife and she's just like, ah, she can't handle it. Homesickness. And then New Zealand news, warm weather is swarm weather. What to do when you encounter a swarm of bees? So there's some life advice. Meet Sudiverse. Absolutely. Swarm of bees. Very dangerous things. That's all we got. Just a few randoms. So let's move on to some kind of giveaway stuff. So we move on to the quips. 
I've been banging on about this. Um, if you don't know what quips are, there's a link to a Google form in the description. We pretty much ca caught up on submissions. So if you do get some new ones in, you're a fair shot at a bit of a prize this week. Now, I said, Swally, this one might be a good one for you. This week, Caesar asks, or he says, I've got a question for our hunters. The Block Explorer's discovery range is an oval shape, right? Yes, north and south sides are slightly longer than east and west sides. Um, yes. So my question, from what perspective the discovery range is set, from Block Explorers or the map itself? What I mean is if my treasure is on the west side from my Block Explorer and literally just one step away from being discovered, then by turning the map 90 degree clock counterclockwise so that the west becomes north, and then the block explorer will discover the chest. He said, and then he followed up to say clockwise. I meant turning the map 90 degree clockwise. So do, do you get what he means there, Swally? So if the... I, I do, and I've not thought to try that myself. I'd yeah, it's be interesting. highly suspicious that that would actually work. Because I was initially going to say it's north and south of the block explorer, but I always go... And when you send, it always defaults. Even if you turn the map, when you do a send, it defaults back to the, the standard position or orientation. Yeah. Um, I've not tried doing that. Out of curiosity, I might try it one day, but I'd be super, super surprised if that actually worked. So it is super frustrating when you got to go east or west just a tiny little bit. Like you can see the treasure, it just won't trigger because it needs to go left and you send 20 times and it still won't go left and you're like... Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd have to give it a go, but I, I doubt very much that would work. Yes, great question. Um. Lily said in chat, yeah, good question. Don't think so. I think it's the same as the geographic lines. Yeah, and mm. if you're not familiar with, with what that's all about, yeah, the block is – and um, was that – that was in the interview you and I did where you covered that extensively was the the oval shape of the block explorer range. So Yeah, yeah I did that as a segment, yeah. Um, yeah. It would be – if it did work, that would be a great tip for treasure hunters. Standard Absolutely. hunters, not, not um competitive, but standard, it would be a great tip. So I'll I'll report back to you next week on that one. Awesome. But so, yeah. I'm sure Caesar would have tried it himself already, surely. Yeah, it's interesting. How funny it would be, yeah, if, if it's just on the left side or the right side and you just flip your device around and it picked it up. Who knows? I would um I'd be so surprised if that worked. Yes. Well, good on you, Caesar. That was a great question. And for that, you've won yourself a Samurai Aquatics and Decor Monument, which are very hard to get your hands on. Um, speaking of Samurai Aquatics, we do have a couple of new items that's uh, being manufactured in the San Francisco factory at present. Um, probably have some more information to share on those, maybe next week's show. Factory still pumping them out at full speed ahead at the moment. Um, now, don't, if you go and have a look at the factory, DTEC through the week, um, he was very upset. Uh, there's one of the items there, which is the, the samurai sleigh that's kind of a decor piece that it's we the three of us cheese dtech and i worked on this for a long time it's supposed to be part of a series with um the samurai statue where this is kind of like the samurai imagine a samurai version of santa claus and this is his sleigh yada yada so dtech just put an incredible amount of detail into some of the horns and stuff coming out of the back of this thing um some of the pipe work and that he did, he put an incredible amount of detail into it, but the Lotto 2 or something that they've used in game, it just looks absolute crap when you view it on the factory 
flat factory floor. Um, apparently, Upland's going to try and work to get that fixed up so it's the higher res version or something. I, I don't know all those 3D terms, but you know, I know DTEC was very upset. Um, hopefully, they can get it fixed up. But if you do, if you click on it, you can see what it actually looks like or what it's supposed to look like. So, yes, hopefully, they can sort it out, as I said. Um, so moving on to some more giveaways, the MBA server competition wheel. Last week's challenge was to get yourself in the contest channel in the MBA server and let us know the what, when, where, why, or how's or what you would spend the $8.5 million budget on. Um, now, all you had to do was do that. And of course, um, I keep saying you want to get an entry in because, yeah, there's going to be some pretty big prizes at the end of the year. And if you don't have a weekly contest entry in, well, you're not going to be in the mix for that and the more times you get involved in the weekly challenge well the more entries you're going to have on that that final giveaway kind of situation deal so we did have a bunch of people took that up and we're going to do slightly different like i said i'm not giving away upex for a while until i hit my savings target so we'll just give away some more map assets so this first roll is going to be for one halloween sign um, this will be the last of the Halloween giveaways for a while, I would imagine, because, like I said, we got some new items we'll start giving away. Beulah Man. Beulah Man, congratulations. Halloween sign on the way for you. Next one is three Halloween signs. Oh, Cernes might have got himself some more. It's ticked over to Laban. LeBang, congratulations. Three more for you. You've cleaned up. LeBang. And we'll go one more. Now, this is going to be the big one. Five Halloween signs plus the very rare monument. Catmaster J just missed out before. Looks like he's got this one. Oh, is it ticked over? Catmaster J, congratulations. I believe Catmaster J is only a very new member to the NBA server as well so well done catmaster j are we in contact for that um while i'm getting a few other things ready lily did you want to speak to how can i put this um it's it's not anything new to myself and yourself as part of the frustrations involved in submitting uh, user-generated content for um, item uh, for events. And then, like, there's a whole bunch of people that submitted structure ornaments and stuff for Halloween this year. And I did see within the UGC channel that there's kind of a bit of frustration boiled over that hardly any of that's come through this year. So like what happened with us, like these Halloween signs that we're giving away this year, well, they were submitted they were submitted for the Halloween prior, but they didn't come through. So a lot of people that submitted stuff this year are going to have to wait. Is, is that on your radar at all? You got a vibe on that? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as I can tell, everybody's set a reasonable like three months kind of thing. Like they've, they've submitted and it's been like two to three months before they need it and we get there and they still don't have it. In actual fact... It's almost like they should be setting a six month. Oh, in six months, it'll be such and such. I better lodge that stuff now. <laughs> Three months is too short. It's just not happening. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, 
especially like a feel for the especially the structure ornaments because it's different for decor like our halloween stuff it eventually came out it was like it was way later it was like eight nine months or something crazy later but eventually came out and we were able to start doing giveaways and whatnot but if you're structure ornaments you get one shot at kind of sure i guess you can give it away but that's a kind of a one time of the year deal isn't it yeah, so if you miss your structure ornament spot, you're basically going to have to make them and sell them the next year. They're just going to sit on your factory floor until you, the season comes up again because people don't buy out of season. Yes. So, yeah, I, I feel for them. Like I said, it's it's nothing nothing we haven't been through. Um, yeah, hopefully with, like, all of this cash injection, that's um, that's – that they've just recently had, hopefully some of that gets put into tidying that sort of stuff up. And, and that was, um, if you do go over and have a look at the NBA server in the contest channel, um, that was what that was all about was how do you think they should spend the money? And a lot of the entries were, yeah, let's get back and fix up some of the things in the roadmap or let's tidy up some of these um, frustration points, um, this, that, and the other thing. So, yeah. Um, the well, what I can, what I can say to not go too negative on it, but for the people that are experiencing those frustrations, just understand that the process has improved true dramatically. Like even in the last four four to six months, with what they've done with the different submission mechanisms and automating the um, the checking and all of that, it's that's that has come a long way in a short period of time. And no doubt they, well, I was going to say no doubt they will improve it, but they have to improve it. So it's probably a case of it's going to get better. And the scaling too. Now the scaling is real life scaling, so you can actually put in what real life dimensions you think you want and that is what you're getting whereas before the scaling was here there and everywhere nobody knew what to submit it's because all those old buildings have nothing to do with a real life scale at all and it's almost like well they are what they are we're not touching them but we're going to fix it from here on out and that's what they've been doing so good on them Jacques and I can stop screaming about scaling. <laughs> well, it's it's frustrating because I remember when the the buildings first came out, and I was I was one of the squeaky wheels saying, "Hey, these these buildings, are, the scale's all wrong. It just doesn't make any sense because you know you can't build on this property, and yet if you look on a property, there's a bloody three story townhouse on it. So yeah, that's that's been of immense frustration for a long time. So. So, yeah, it, it's really good that that seems to be fixed. And when you put new buildings in, they actually want those buildings to be to a real-life scale and not to the old building scale. Whereas when we were first submitting buildings, we were putting those buildings next to them going, okay, we have to kind of make it look similar to that scale. So I've modelled it at real life and then gone in and go, oh, yeah, no, the floor height needs to be two times the size and the width needs to be whatever the width. and Yeah. It was ridiculous. I mean, you have to be a very strange-shaped person to fit through those front doors. (laughs) Yes, I remember when D-Tech was – I think he was working off the doors to trying to scale. Like, you're kind of almost reverse engineering from it. It reminds me of that Mr. Bean episode where he's trying to cut the cupboard and he's got his pencil in his mouth and he's got his fingers and he's trying to to do that thing, if you've seen that. But, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, super frustrating, but it has come a long way. So. It has. Um, I'm very happy about that. That scaling was just driving me and Dijar completely insane. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that was last week's challenge. For this week's challenge in the contest channel in the NBA server, show a bit of love for Team Monero and drop them a comment and or a screenshot of their very impressive node. That's all you got to do to go in the running. And, yes, as I keep saying, um, yeah, make sure you get some entries in, especially over the next two months. The more weekly entries that you get in, of course, you can only do one per week. But, um, yeah, the more entries you will have in for the final 2023 show. Um, now, what did I say here? What, did I, what do you have to do next week? Next week's challenge in the – oh, yeah, I already said what it is. Okay. So what are the prizes going to be? Um, like this week, uh, your name will roll on the list, yada, 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 except it will probably be one of those brand-new items that are rolling out of the Samurai Aquatics factory. So, yes, that's the end of the Halloween signs and the monuments, at least at least for the time being. We might kick those off a bit later on. Well, I said that's the end of it, but actually we know we've got to give a few more away for our live participants, so we'll do that right now. Pretty good chance this week because there's only one, two, three, four, five. I didn't miss anybody, I don't think. We didn't have anybody jump in and bail out. I think this is all we got. So we're going to do two rolls. First roll is going to be for a Halloween sign. Second roll is going to be for a Halloween sign and a monument. So LeBan's in here for a chance to pick up some more. This one's for the Halloween sign. Nope, Broski's got it. Congratulations, Broski. So that's a Halloween sign for you. And the last one's going to be a Halloween sign and a monument. Da -da 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 -da. You might have it, Swally. It's a borderline. Congrats, Swally. They're pretty hard to get a hold of those ones. Good job. All right, let me bounce out of there and see what else we have to cover. That's all I've got. Anything else you guys have to promote spam spruik wine me 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 woohoo no all good um yes what have we got november like i said i'm yeah if you check out my upex balance it looks like i've got a, just a crap ton of upex and yes i do but um there's a significant chunk of that's gonna wave goodbye at the end of the year hint 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 um, plus, yes, I believe there is a Tokyo expansion coming up very soon. Um, I want to be in a position like I was for the initial Tokyo release where if there is a nice, big, juicy property there, I can jump on it without completely destroying um, my balance. Uh, so, yes, I've squirreled away some. And the band's asked in chat, ooh, is the 1 million Upex wheel coming back, Ben? Oh, you have to wait and see. Get your weekly entries in. Yes. All right. That's all I've got for this week. Thank you, everybody who got involved through the week, whether that be through the NBA server or likes and comments on the YouTubes and whatnot. And, of course, especially to our live participants as we kick off here. And a reminder for that, of course, is that if you are in a time zone that fits in with the Wednesday night recording schedule of starting at 7.30 p.m. AST and you'd like to get involved live, the link to the weekly Zoom is always dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes before we kick off. And don't forget that if you have an Upland NFT or Metaverse product service or event to promote, 
or you're just somebody that wants to have a chin wag about Web3, Upland, or anything else, the Metaverse and Beyond podcast is available. And of course, there's availability here for spotlights and whatnot as well. All you got to do is send me a DM on Discord or drop a comment in the YouTubes to discuss and secure your spots. Have a great weekend, everybody. Um, yeah, save your Upex. I think there's a lot coming up. And on that note, if I can find the end button, which I can't, where's the bloody stop record? There it is. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Bye. This entertainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.